Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the year 2000. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. So my parents in the garage at home, they have a uh, vintage survival kit from 1999 and it sits in our garage. It sat there. They bought it from Sam's Club in Mequon, Wisconsin. And every time I go home, I see it. And it's like gathering dust. It has like energy bars and some water bottles and band-aids in it. And I remember just how scared we all were. For Y2K. <laughs> Energy bars. <laughs> space age band-aids. <laughs> we, proton packs. <laughs> we thought it was going to be the end of everything. We, like, I, everyone, technology still, like, people didn't trust it. Not that we should, because, God, the only thing I do is put a piece of tape on my, you know, the front of your screen. camera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, well, I'm, I'll be okay. But I think we were all still very scared about computers and how much uh, control they had over our lives at that point. Even. Planes are going to fall out of the sky. Exactly. It was just like, that's going to happen. All of your. The, we were, in essence, Y2K, which is also known as the Millennium Bug, the Y2 glitch. Um, and it's it was perceived of as a computer bug that when the year would change over from 1999 to 2000, all of the computers would go haywire and forget our information and change things up and think it was 1900 again. <laughs> you know, all the computers who recognize 1900s? Sure, yeah. <laughs> like, talking about it now, it seems absurd, but back then, it was a legit fear. People were like, everything's going to turn off. You have to have water. It was like an earthquake, but computer style. I mean, I imagine if that was happening now, I meant I think of mm-hmm. how dependent we are now on technology yeah. more than even in 2000. Yeah. So it, it was yeah. your mom just going to put like band-aids on everyone? Yeah, pretty much band-aids are going to like <laughs> nibble on these energy bars. <laughs> exactly. So problems were anticipated because of Y2K. Many programs represented four digit years and so that was the only final two digits making 2000 again indistinguishable from 199 from 1900. The assumption of a 20th century date in these programs would cause all of these errors, um, incorrect display of dates, uh, inaccurate ordering of things, of automated orders and uh, energy and communication. And that would just make all of the computers explode, I guess. I don't know. Explode, uh, become sentient. I don't know. Something would happen with that. And we, we didn't know what. 
1997, the British Standards Institute, they anticipated this. They were like, what's happening? Developed um, the year 2000 conformity requirements as four rules. One, no valid date will cause any interruption in operations. Two, calculation of durations between or the sequence of pairs of dates will be correct whether any dates are in different centuries. Three, in all interfaces and in all storage, the century must be unambiguous, either specified or calculable by algorithm. Four, year 2000 must be recognized as a leap year, which it also was a leap year, which was also part of the problem with all of this. People were like, the leap year is going to throw us off too. This calendar is making us crazy. And Sam's Club's like, <laughs> we're making that money. Hey, hey. <laughs> money. Money, 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 money. And they're on a bed. They're jumping up in a bed with some like kids. The kids have too much money and the adults have too much money. They don't know what they're doing. Your mom just is putting Band-Aids on everything. <laughs> all of Mequon is Band-Aided. Absolutely. So Y2K identifies two problems that exist in computer programs. First, uh, again, you're, you're with two digits, right? And also uh, other critical dates and critical number pairings where it's like 97, 98, and then uh, 00, zero that those number successions would become invalid too. So it wasn't just like the, the calendar, the date. It was also just calculations, I guess. And then um, programmers had misunderstood the Gregorian calendar that determines whether years were made exactly divisible by 100 are not leap years. And they assumed 2000 would not be a leap year. Again, it was. And that was another piece of fear, which, again, I don't know where that came from. But everything that everyone thought would happen um, just became a, a bigger fear. Like the fear snowballed through all of this. Companies and organizations would check and fix and upgrade their computer systems. I remember all this frenzy. I remember like politicians um, making plans, like active plans. So the U.S. government in particular, and lots of countries made different plans for when Y2K would happen. They have a three-part approach to the problem. One, outreach and advocacy. Two, monitoring and assessment. And three, contingency planning and regulation. They even created a logo. Do you remember the Y2K logo? Yeah. <laughs> so it was created by the President's Council of the year 2000 for use on Y2K.gov. They're like, we need to brand this problem. And it looks very of the time. Like it's like yellow and dark blue and black, you know, and it's got like a little Y2K. Uh, a feature of the government outreach for Y2K websites uh, was the logo. Uh, government agencies had put things that you could do. They had a task force for this to be like, okay, if you need things, we are here. They worked with private sector companies to create this giant, again, task force that would help uh, aid people if they needed it, that would help. It was like it was like a disaster, like a natural disaster was happening. So they had all these different ways of doing things, um, tips for you to program things in a different way, uh, survival tips, pretty much anything that thought would happen, they would try to cover it. Um, industries too relied upon the internet uh, crazily at that point and didn't understand it, so they had backup communications. But no federal agency had cleared authority or regard to the internet at this time too. So they were all. I think this is part of the panic. Also, was that the internet was still in its infancy and wasn't as regulated, you know, for better or worse. And so nobody, the government didn't have control over the internet, so they couldn't be like, "We're going to fix this." And industry didn't have control over this, so they weren't like, "We can fix this." And then, you know, uh, nonprofits. Everyone was just like. Who I was in my AOL this? chat room being yeah. like age, sex, location, uh, yeah. Y2K. Oh, you like Morrissey? So I like Morrissey too. Like <laughs> exactly. this is great. Um, so, uh, in regard to the internet, the U.S. Department of Defense to the U.S. National Science Foundation and then the U.S. Department of Commerce kind of took it over and kind of created not just like a plan but a panic. 
Like when you get the when you get the Department of Defense involved in Y2K, you're like, oh shit, this is a problem. And I think that's where a lot of the people, just general people like my mom, you know, were like, oh, the, the Department of Defense is worried about this. I guess I should stock up. Like, white bread. Me- I need white bread. I need <laughs> jugs of water. Exactly. On uh, July 30th, 1999, the White House held the White House Internet Y2K Roundtable. The U.S. government had established a Center for Year 2000 Strategic Stability as a joint operation with the Russian Federation. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It was a liaison operation designed to mitigate the possibility of false positive readings in each nation's nuclear attack early warning systems. So again, it feels pretty progressive looking back on it now, but also it was for this thing that no one knew what was going to happen. So they were meeting, they were creating plans, all of this. It felt very governmental to put all this energy into something that they didn't understand and all these resources. And then it just ramped up the panic pretty much. But then as the clock struck midnight in 2000, you were kissing? <laughs> I was kissed. I was in, I was not, uh, no, I was awkwardly probably sitting on, um, I was probably at a theater party in high school. Oh, so you were you in high school? Yeah. So we were maybe on someone's rooftop, um, maybe had some schnapps. I was, I was kissing my grandkids goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to meet their own Y2K back? Yeah. Cool. Uh, when I was in my aerial chat room. Oh, nice. <laughs> You're doing everything. You were busy that night. I was very, You're very busy. You were busy. You couldn't yeah. be bothered. Yeah. That's fair. Anyway, nothing happened. Yeah. Nothing happened. Really? Like like pretty much every New Year's Eve, you know what I mean? Oh, oh hello. Oh, Uh-oh. Oh, Married. Oh, What's happening? Jeez, oh. snooze. We fell asleep before it even started. Yeah. I hate people. Oh, I hate when people say that. I hate it. I'm just like, you're, why are you even alive? What do you even do? <laughs> yeah. You don't, do you have any joy? It's New Year's. Anyway. Um, so nothing really, no, there were some things that happened, some very, serious, life-threatening things like um, in Sheffield, UK, uh, risk assessments for Down syndrome were sent to 154 pregnant women and two abortions were carried out as direct result of a Y2K bug. So that's something. People got panicked, got abortions because of Y2K. Four babies with Down syndrome were also born to mothers who had been told they were in the low-risk group. So bad communications happened, which is actually a fairly substantial thing. I don't know why I led with that. I apologize. Um... In Ishikawa, Japan, radiation monitoring equipment failed at midnight. However, officials stated that there was no risk to the public. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In Onagawa, Japan, an alarm sounded at a nuclear power plant at two minutes after midnight. In Japan, at two minutes past midnight, again, Osaka Media Port, a telecommunications carrier, found errors in the data management part of the company's network. The problem was fixed by 243, and no services were disrupted. Another Japan hit. NTT Mobile Communications Network, Japan's largest cellular operator, reported that on January 1st, some models of mobile telephones were deleting new messages received rather than the older messages, and the memory filled up on their answering service. In Australia, bus ticket validation machines in two states failed to operate. In the United States, back at home, 150 Delaware lottery slot machines stopped working. In the United States, at the U.S. Naval Observatory, which runs the master clock that keeps the country's official time, gave the date on its website as 1 Jan 19100. Whoa. In France, uh, Y2K bug made the date on the weather forecasting service webpage so ma- show map with Saturday's weather forecast as 111911. It also occurred on their website. 
Some software did not correctly recognize 2000 as a leap year. And so uh, on the last day of 2000, day 366, these systems had some errors. They were pretty minor, uh, resulting in people having to shut their computers down in Norway and then boot them back up again. Do you think all those people with those Y2K survival kits just looked at it and be like, well, what the hell am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with this kit now? Can you get some pics of that? You bet I can. Yeah. That kid will be there for all of time. That kid's going to outlive all of us. Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to see that. Also, um, if you really want to survive, you're going to want to check out patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Yeah. Because we have a new limited edition tier. Yeah, we do. You can get a really cool enamel pin. I sprung for the hard enamel. Nice. Apparently, hard enamel is better. And as opposed to soft enamel? Yeah. It, it, oh, as like a, a regular like a enamel. Or like a... It's, yeah, I guess the hard enamel, I sprung for that. Mm. Uh, we sprung for that. Yeah. And we, we, we I was like, oh, how can we lose money even quicker? Because yeah. by the time we mail it, it's... But we wanted the tier to be 666. Yeah. So we were like, we're just going to have to just like break even or lose money on it. But mm-hmm. you still get the bonus episodes. Yeah. When the end of days comes, you're going to want to have your ghost town pin. Yeah. You're going to you're gonna, you're gonna want it. You're going to need it. Mm. And you can always uh, message us. Uh, AOL chat at Ghost Town Pod. <laughs> Ghost Town Pod, my social security and address <laughs> is, is on there. Hi. And, and go uh, check that out. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, um, I guess we'll just like put some band aids on. That's the band aids thing. I can't <laughs> really get over it. can't get over it. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.